I saw this news story and I saw that they were going to clean out this encampment. This is the same encampment I've talked about multiple times. Jeremy Harris is, he went in and did a story on the little tiny home that the guy built from, you know, materials found in the dumpster. It's on one of the busiest on ramp, off ramps in Seattle. And, uh, now we've got a blog post from, from Jonathan Cho, the Discovery Institute. It's a good one. It's a good one. It, it kind of just, it just shows what's going on in a single blog post, how broken the system is in Seattle. Enough of my chit chat. Let's read. Caught on camera. It's hard to tell, but neighbors say the man walking inside the Mercer Street encampment in South Lake Union is Paris Alcantara. Alcantara. In this surveillance video, you can see him watching the flames and pacing back and forth. He was arrested for setting a massive blaze on August 14th. Alcantara admits he did it, but says he accidentally knocked over a candle inside a tent. Do you think it was a vanilla candle or maybe, maybe it was more of a pumpkin spice candle because we're getting into into fall. Either which way, he's sorry. He's sorry he burned down an encampment. Um, yeah. Either way, he was released without charges being filed. Alcantara is a prolific repeat offender with a lengthy rap sheet dating back to 1998 with three felonies, 14 gross misdemeanors, three dozen prior arrests, including the R word in the third degree and multiple substance charges. There's concern he's going to continue with this unruly behavior in another part of Seattle. The legal system is broken. All right. Let's look at this video. This is, this has no audio. So we'll just kind of do this. All right. There he's walking. You can kind of see the, the flames are going to come up over here. You can see the smoke. Okay. There he is. There he is here walking around. Oh, God. Oh, God. My candle. It went off. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm really. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Flames are going up. Uh-oh. This this isn't good. Oh, man. What am I going to do now? All right. That's the <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the guy's walking around and he admitted it. Where is this? Okay, let's let's take a quick peek at this. And here's the significance of this. All of this is happening. Here is where the big red pin, this is South Lake Union. This is Mercer Street. This area right here handles about 80,000 cars a day. 80,000 cars a day go right past this homeless encampment. It's wedged in between an on-ramp that heads that takes you to southbound I-5, Interstate 5, it's wedged in between there and in some big apartment complexes, and then you've got just all Amazon territory. I mean, it's this is not an out-of-the-way location. That's the bottom line, right? Okay. Sweep is on. Wednesday morning, the crime-ridden Mercer Street encampment in Seattle's South Lake Union neighborhood is finally being removed. Looks like it's going to be a two-day affair. I counted, this is Jonathan Cho, I counted seven people still on the grounds after last week's massive inferno, including homeless man Paris Alcantara, who returned back to the camp. I mean, as you do, as you do. I mean, why, why do you want to leave? I mean, coast has been clear for, for literally 
months and months and months. And this area has been swept out. We had a dead body. We had a murder in this encampment. We had a dead body wrapped up in a tarp. I mean, that's how bad this is. All kinds of craziness has happened here. Meanwhile, every day, 80,000 Seattleites pass right by it. I talk about this camp fairly often. Yeah, I was going to the Iron Maiden show, and yeah, I looked up there on Mercer Street at Fairview, and there it was, still there. Yep, still happening. So it takes just craziness to get the city of Seattle and whomever is responsible for clearing the homeless encampment, depending on what whatever property it's located on. This one's interesting. The sweep on this one is interesting. The repeat offender was arrested for setting the blaze, but a King County judge released him after charges were not filed. They probably didn't have enough to stick him with it. You know, even though the guy admits it, like, all right, okay, uh, but he's crazy, right? He's crazy. He's crazy and he's on drugs. So he gets a hall pass. Yeah, you can go right on back. It's okay. Alcantara claimed it was an all an accident after a candle fell over in his tent. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. I mean, I'll believe you. Why wouldn't I? Yeah. 14 convictions for whatever later. I've interviewed him in the past, but he was reluctant to go on camera this time around. But he told me, I own this land. Hmm. I, I don't think you do there, sport. I don't think you do. And he doesn't plan to leave without a fight. Okay. All right. Well, you, you already burned the place down. It's not like you're, it's not like you're leaving a lot. You're leaving some charcoal. Yeah. Some burned up homeless garbage. Yeah. Some of that, right? It could get interesting. Neighbors say they want the city and state to fence this place off permanently. So no one comes back. I agree. This should be fenced off. This is, this should never be allowed to happen in the first place. You know, you can't put a tent down there. You got to go. You can't, you can't just, you, you can't just live on the side of one of Seattle's busiest on ramp, off ramps that handles 80,000 cars a day. It's, that's not a go. That's a no go. All right. So all it took was an RAPE, a murder, a hammer attack, regular gunshots, and a giant inferno. That's all it took. That's all. I mean, that's not asking much, right? Yeah, this is the state of affairs with regards to these homeless encampments. And they just, they just let them happen. Just like, ah, it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. Let's watch this video. This is a good one. This is a pan shot. Uh, we are looking to the west here. Um, it's, it's, it's a huge, it's a huge fire. Here's Jonathan Cho walking through. Actually, I'm going to stop this. I'm going to get this going. Now I'm just going to give you the audio because I've heard it. Okay. So we're going to do that. Here we go. This is what's left. There's the tiny home right in the back there. And the body was off to the left over there and kind of a little bit on the bottom. My house. I know. I'm not taking a picture of you, are just you, the house. Are you recording me right now? Well, no, you just came in my shot. The guy that built I was it. literally getting this and getting there. I, I asked out of respect. I believe. Can we just talk out here like we always there do? Paris? Mr. Candle himself. Right here, Paris? Yeah. Most of the, I didn't, first, first and foremost? Yes, sir. I didn't tell you you, you could put me on your camera. Oh, my bad. That's the sweep notice posted. 
tent made. Couches. Big couches. Office furniture. Chairs. You name it. It'll probably come back again. Yeah. I mean, just... The fact that this takes so long to get swept out is just mind-blowing to me. Here we go. There is so much clutter and junk on this side. I think it's going to take a couple of days. And look who's running point. Not Washington State Department of Transportation, but the city of Seattle. City of Seattle, after a major event like this, can can say there's an emergency. We're going to step in. We're going to take care of it. So you got to wait for some type of massive fire like this to have happen. Now, this fire billowed up literally, I don't know, hundreds of feet in the air. It was, it was apparent from everywhere, like most of our homeless encampment fires, because there's so much tinder in the form of garbage and whatnot from these people because they just live like absolute savage animals. And so there's all this garbage and it just, whoosh, it just goes up. The fact that the tiny home that was featured, um, you know, the one that was built from, you know, pieces, random pieces from the dumpster, like, um, you know, pro- probably and, and full, full on roofing and siding and had a nice vinyl double clad, you know, window. I mean, it, you, know, you found all that in the garbage. So here's the notice of that they're going to go ahead and sweep her out. Yep. So when something really bad happens, I mean, really bad happens in the city. See, I mean, not like a, not like a murder. I mean, that's, that's so 2022. I mean, you know, people sometimes have their lives ended and, you know, you can't get too worked up about that. Um, Literally, that happened. Somebody's body, uh, the woman was, I think, uh, like 60 years old. Her body was just wrapped up in a tarp and left on this encampment. Yeah, that didn't, that didn't cause the encampment to get swept out. Um, a, a woman being just wildly assaulted, that didn't happen. Shootings, multiple shootings, eh, that's okay. I mean, it's just an encampment. You know, they're mostly peaceful. Why does the city and state keep tolerating this? Always takes a disaster. Massive explosion at the Torius Mercer Street encampment on August 14th. It's right across the street from Google <laughs> and several apartment buildings in one of the busiest parts of the city. Here is, let's just watch this. Here, here is, we are looking south. That is Lake Union to the north there. So they're zooming in. That's how big this fire was. I mean, it was massive. It's just, you know, you're torching stuff. And you've got uh, Amazon off to the left there. Um, this is this is all basically Amazon Amazon territory. You've got Gasworks Park right there, and you've got I five just running right here. So you know, welcome to Seattle for a day or a lifetime. I mean, just come and hang out. I mean, don't mind the fire; they're just cooking some hot dogs. It's fine. It's okay. Government failure. Inferno never should have happened. Neighbors sounded the alarm since 2022 about fires, drug dealing, and all kinds of other crimes at this location, but elected officials looked the other way and allowed this behavior to continue. Let's, let's check out another one. That's a fire. That's a fire. <laughs> fire crews. Yeah, that's looking towards the northeast. Just some rubble. Crazy. Meanwhile, 80,000 Seattleites whiz by. Yeah, there's, there's Zoom from that, that other video. Look at that. Oh, 
Fantastic. Somebody's on the rooftop deck. The amount of resources that Seattle spends on 911 calls from the homeless encampments is insane. It's just, it's mind-boggling. That's okay. They're mostly safe. I mean, you know, sometimes you have a candle go off and they all burn up. Back in March, by the way, Mercer Street Encampment Killer is still on the loose. And Washington State Department of Transportation and city officials allowed this encampment to remain standing. My coverage below. We knew that was, we knew that was a thing. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's mind blowing that the city sits by and just goes, ah, you know, it's, you know, they're, they're just, they're homeless people and um, they're houseless and therefore we're just going to let it go. The real issue is, is they don't have the ability, they don't have the mechanisms to deal with the number of encampments that they have allowed to take place. So they are constantly coming from behind. They've got all of these sweeps set up, but they can only handle so much at at, at one time, right? They can't come out and sweep everything. So they go and sweep one area, and then those people will disperse a block away, literally they're going like a block away now. It's, it's, it's such a joke. But, you know, what that does is that uh, it kind of breaks it up momentarily. And that's why folks are saying, hey, put up, put up a big damn fence around. It's kind of a triangular, you know, narrow piece because it's lodged in what we're talking about here. It's lodged in between a street and the on-ramp, literally the on-ramp. I mean, you drive on Mercer Street heading south to get on Interstate 5. And you see, you can see the little tiny house and you can, you can't see a lot of the encampment because there's, uh, there's like fences on either side and they have put up, um, you know, pieces of material. They've stolen pieces of material and put those up so that they've got kind of this privacy area. But if you know what's in there, you're like, okay, yeah, I'm sure that's going to end up well. And when, when you get onto, you know, one of the busiest on ramps in, in all of Seattle, you're forced to go by this and go, I wonder how they're doing in there today. I wonder what's going on. Oh, a fire? I am not shocked. But it takes this kind of activity. I mean, it's insane. I, I talked not long ago, and it was a big podcast for me. You had in between. So on the other side of I-5, let's go back to the map. The other side of I-5, right down in about here, this, uh, we had a, we had that, uh, so just, you know, literally probably eight blocks away. So right down in here, we had a, uh, we had a massive bomb go off in between I-5 and Harborview Medical Center. That's the regional trauma center and a drug dealer who'd been ousted from the camp, from the homeless encampment, tried to bomb 20 people that were smoking fentanyl in a tent wedged in between I-5 right here and the hospital. So, you know, until that happens, till these kind of crazy situations happen, billowing smoke, until billowing smoke comes, they don't seem to do anything because they're they, they're working on so many encampments. They're so far behind and they're just playing catch up. And then they're literally just playing whack-a-mole because you scooch people away from this encampment and they'll move over here. They'll move there. They'll move wherever. And 
you know, this is not a permanent solution. So the folks from this encampment will just end up somewhere else, maybe a couple of blocks away. Now, there's not a lot of encampments down in this area because most of that area is Amazon territory. And guess what? Amazon doesn't let you set up out in front of their buildings. They've got security up the you-know-what. And so they keep their area that whole area of South Lake Union is pretty clean. You do not see a lot of tents. So the homeless folks, they know, they know where land is owned by Washington State Department of Transportation. They're like, oh, okay. They, you can see the signs. And then they go there because they know that WashDOT is not going to sweep them out. There's going to be this cluster between Washington State Department of Transportation, the King County Regional Housing Authority, which is just the most ineffective housing authority ever. It's just terrible leadership. Awful. Just, just nut job. Been led by just a nut job. And then you got the city of Seattle and they'll all bicker over who needs to take responsibility for what. Meanwhile, you've got just all kinds of crime, all kinds of drugs, theft, um, you know, just, just basic mayhem, including a fire started by a candle, a candle, a candle. Yeah. A candle. Uh, who knows? Maybe it's true. Maybe it's true. But what is, what is just wild is that this individual who belongs either in treatment or an institution, right? Or probably in jail. I mean, he's probably already spent a bunch of time in jail. He's convicted felon, right? So, but no, a guy burns up in a camp and all right, well, he didn't really burn up anybody's real house. So therefore we'll just let him go. I mean, Hey, you know, go and go and be a productive member of society there. Go burn up another encampment and we'll just go in and sweep that one too. So let us, you know, give us a forwarding address and let us know where you're at. And, you know, we'll, we'll sweep that encampment when you have another, you know, candle that goes sideways on you. These are literally the storylines that are coming out of Seattle. Because policy is such that we don't sweep, we don't sweep without having, you know, permanent housing or who knows what the argument is. We don't have housing available to offer to all these people. These people don't want to be in city sanctioned, county sanctioned, state sanctioned housing. They just flat don't. They want to live on the side of the freeway and just do willy nilly nonsense. Like, you know, trying to make it smell better with the candle. Oops, it fell over. And then you go back to the encampment where it burns up because that's your home. That's your home. Because the city of Seattle allowed that to happen. Washington State Department of Transportation allowed that to happen. King County allowed this to happen. And they've allowed it to happen through policy that's happened years over years and years and years. And here we are. Oh, hey, look at the fire. I mean, maybe they've got a, maybe they've got a purposeful burn going on. You know how they like burn out sections of forest? That's not what happened here, right? And the blood, the smoke is just so black. I mean, I'm surprised there weren't explosions from propane tanks. That is usually what happens. What was interesting is so many people on the podcast I did where the bombs were exploding, people were saying, I didn't know you could smoke fentanyl. Didn't know that was a thing. I, I, I've never heard of that. No, it only comes in powder form and pill form and you can't really smoke it. Well, they're doing it. They're doing it. I mean, that, this is literally what's happening. I had that. And I had so many people tell me, oh, that, that's not a bomb that was exploded. That was, that was a meth lab. And people just wouldn't, you know, didn't read the news stories, didn't understand the context, hadn't followed the story. Oh, that was a meth lab. That's what the explosions are from. It's not a meth lab. Somebody tried to detonate a homemade bomb and they, they did a good job. They just 
took them a little too long because the people smoking fentanyl in the tent, they ran out before the bomb exploded. But yeah, as, as happens in a homeless encampment, it's yeah, mostly safe. I mean, it's, you know, for the most part. Yeah, but if, if you're worried about fire, yeah, you might not want to be part of one of these uh, encampments because uh, things may not end up well. And so often we will see fires. When, when you read the 911 statistics of how many fires that are in these encampments, and that does include, all right, dude's got a barbecue out. Okay, that counts as a fire, any kind of open flame in that type of setting. But what I talk about all the time is flames and nylon tents. I don't know if you know this. They don't tend to mix. Tents go up, boom, like that. I mean, you'll hear of people hiking and camping that have their tent burn up. Because, you know, maybe in the winter, they're trying to, they're doing some winter ascent route, you know, because that's, that's what you want to brag to your friends around. Yeah, I climbed that in the winter. Like, oh, wow, you're a man. You're a man. You're a tough guy. You're a tough guy. You climbed it in the winter. You did the winter route. You did the mountaineering route. Oof, that's tough. But you're cold and you want to try and, you know, cook your food when you don't have that blustery 100 mile an hour wind coming into your tent. So you try and cook inside and sometimes it gets away from you and that synthetic down sleeping bag, that, that, that is an accelerant as well, right? Those tags don't lie when they say, oh, this may not react well to flame. No, it does. It's just not in the right way. We saw the, you know, the smoke billowing. So that is like the third major fire we've had. I don't know in the second half of summer where it's been on the news. Yeah, I'm seeing some flames and some smoke. Um, we're not sure what that is. We'll have to check in, but we believe. And it's so funny. The newscasters, look, I, I, I think there's an incident at a homeless encampment. We're not sure, but we'll, we'll need to confirm that. And they're, they're embarrassed because, you know, this is the city that they're trying to, you know, provide the news on. It's like, okay, another homeless encampment goes up in flames and it impacts traffic, right? It does. When you got smoke billowing out and 80,000 people are wishing by in the day, that tends to, you know, put up a little whatever. But um, in Seattle, I think people are like, oh, yeah, it's just a, ah, it's just a homeless encampment burning up. Nothing to see here. Yeah, that's pretty normal. Sipping their, you know, Starbucks. Ah, it's okay. Ah, it's all right. As long as it doesn't burn up my building at, uh, that was a weird looking motion, by the way. Yep. Um, as long as it doesn't burn up my Amazon building, we're all good, right? All good. Just this, this is nuts. Yeah. The system is wildly broken. And you know what? Till you start getting like that guy that, uh, that, that started the fire here. Till you start getting those guys the help that they need and they don't want any help, do they? That, that guy, that guy's not going into treatment. He, the only treatment he's going to get is in jail, prison. And that's probably where he'll end up or dead. Um, some kind of overdose. Yeah. That, that, that's what we got going on. But in our liberal city fashion, we believe that it is compassionate to just let these people do willy-nilly whatever they want, and the rest of us have to stand by until something really bad happens, really bad, like a big fire. That's what we got going on. That is literally, that's kind of where the, the, the level that we've sunk to is, all right, got yet another fire, and it's happening on one of the busiest ramps to Interstate 5. It's just, it's crazy, but this is what we're at. This is where we're at. And I've talked about this in camp at multiple times. Like it's still there, still there. What are they waiting for? Shenanigans are going on in there. What are they waiting for? 
Now, apparently, they're waiting for a homeless dude to have an accident with a candle and then have a judge let him off and then everybody gets swept out. And wow, let's rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. And it's like the elderly lady who said at the end, you know, <laughs> everybody's like, you know, I'm concerned. We're worried. You know, put up a fence, whatever. Just do something. But this is what it takes. This is how things have sunk to the point of you're only going to deal with the absolute tippy-top priority, and that's an encampment burning down as 80,000 people go in and out of the city right there, literally within, what, 20 feet? That's, that's what you got going on. So, hey, you know, come on into Seattle. It's all good. We're fine. Yeah. Two thumbs up. We were Seattle was just rated number four on the top coolest cities to live in based on number of tattoo parlors, number of record stores, number of, oh, I can't remember the other criteria, but you get where I'm headed with that. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's just, just some you know, tattoo parlors and record stores and, you know, funky stuff, cool stuff. It's like, okay, all right. Yeah. Meanwhile, the rest of us are like, hey, could you sweep that encampment? Getting a little hairy in there. All right. We're going to have more encampment sweeps to talk about. So make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell, like this video, check out our Discord channel, Reasonable Plus. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks for watching. Bye for now.